Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast here on episode 230. 2.30. And uh, we got a good episode for you today. Before we get there, you make sure, you make sure, you need to make sure that you check out our YouTube channel. If you haven't checked this out already, we have a uh, brand new YouTube channel where every single week we're doing speech breakdowns of popular TED Talks and presentations, keynotes, and all kinds of speeches. And we are taking some of their best strategies, tactics, tips, and uh, showing you how you can implement them and apply them to your next presentation. So totally free. We're posting those videos every single week. So make sure you check those out again by going over to youtube.com slash the speaker lab, or just go to YouTube and search for the speaker lab or search for speech breakdown. And you will find all kinds of videos there. I think you're really going to dig that. If you like it, make sure you subscribe to it, which by the way, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well. Uh, all right. So today we're doing, uh, for the next three weeks, actually, we're going to be doing some more of these coaching episodes. We did those a couple of weeks ago. I got really good feedback on those. And so we're going to do a few more of these where basically we've taken some elite students that we work with inside of our uh, Book and Pay to Speak Elite program. And uh, we just do a coaching call with them and recorded it and uh, let you eavesdrop in. So today we're going to be talking with Rocco Coza, who is a, a successful businessman and who is uh, interested in doing more with speaking. So Rocco's in a spot where like, what do you do when you're clear on a topic, but you feel like it appeals to everyone and you want to speak to everyone? How do you narrow that down? So that's what we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about here with Rocco. So if you are that speaker who's like, I want to speak to humans, I want to speak to people, I want to speak to everyone. That's a horrible idea. We're going to explain why as well as what to do about it in this coaching call with Rocco. So lots of good stuff here. Let's get right into it. Here's my coaching call and conversation with Rocco Coza. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Grant Baldwin here from the Speaker Lab today, joined by Rocco Coza. And uh, today we're going to be digging into his story. He's one of our elite students, and so excited to have him hanging out with us today. So, Rocco, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Truly appreciate it. You bet. You bet. So, first of all, let's start by getting uh, kind of a snapshot of who you are, what you do, and how speaking fits into your world. Yeah. So, I like to tell people that I'm an entrepreneur that happens to practice law for a living. So, uh, you know, I'm a business lawyer, but I've done a lot of things along the way, own a bunch of other businesses, coaching. I wrote a book this past fall that hit the bestseller list. And speaking kind of just became this natural outflow of everything I was doing, you know, doing workshops for companies, going in and talking about entrepreneurship. Then I started speaking to, high school kids and middle school kids about my career journey. And then that's kind of morphed into what I'm doing now on the speaking side of things. Now, how much speaking are you doing today currently? And how much would you like to be doing? I mean, so I just did a TED talk last month. I'm flying to California to speak next weekend. I have three talks in March scheduled. So I'm doing a lot more than I thought I would be. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I spoke twice in January. So 
last year it was probably five or six times. It'll okay. be, you know, five or six times in the first couple of months. And okay. I'd like to do that. I just, the challenge I have is really how to monetize those opportunities. Got it. All right. And so long-term, big picture, like how much speaking would you like to be doing? Because you, you mentioned that, you know, you're an entrepreneur who yeah. happens to happens to practice law. So yeah. you've already got a couple of irons in the fire. So how does yep. speaking fit in with everything else you have going? I would love for speaking to be a consistent revenue source for me. Something that, you know, I was doing you know, a couple of times a month because the way I've positioned myself in all of my businesses, everything I do kind of relates to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, as an entrepreneur, business coach, business lawyer, clients come from all these different places. They may come from one business to the other and vice versa. And I think speaking just fits right in. It's kind of, I almost look at it as marketing for me and all my other businesses. So it helps okay. all those things as well. Okay. And so what is kind of the common thread between all the different businesses? And actually, if you can even outline those, you mentioned like the law piece on the entrepreneur side, you mentioned obviously the speaking, but then you mentioned some coaching. So what are all those different arms that you've got to the business right now? Yeah. So I have my own law practice and then I have, you know, a coaching and speaking business that I do. And I also do some business consulting there. And then I'm part owners of, you know, a real estate, a couple of real estate companies, a food company, a tech company. And the reason why I get involved in all those is because I'm really good at solving the business problems. Okay. Um, You know, I kind of stay in my lane. People look at me as this lawyer, but I, I look at things a little bit different. I don't, I don't do the traditional lawyer approach. So I've gotten involved in all these businesses. So I stay in my lane. Yeah. A lot of what I've talked about in the past is really about that entrepreneur journey and how to do all these different things, you know, as one person. Okay. Gotcha. And so the speaking that you've been doing thus far, mm-hmm. you mentioned a couple different types of groups, a couple different workshops, yeah. some even like high school stuff. So yep. kind of give us an overview of who you've been speaking to, what you've been speaking about, but then also where you want to go in terms sure. of what you want to be talking about and who you want to be speaking to. Yeah. So the speaking I've done in the past, you know, I, I've always done workshops for companies, you know, employment law workshop, management workshops, those types of things. And that's not really what I want to do. Okay. That's just, that's boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. I started speaking to high schools and middle schools about really my career journey as an entrepreneur. So I was doing a lot of that. I've spoken to, uh, you know, the University of Pittsburgh's football and basketball team on social media and building their personal brand, which I enjoyed. But again, that's not exactly what I want to speak about. The, okay. the TED talk I just did, and this is kind of where my passion lies is, the talk was called Radical Kindness, Why the Unbillable Hour Matters Most in Business. And it was really a talk about the power of kindness and how I've used that through my career journey to lead to these opportunities. You know, most lawyers don't give away time for free. Yeah. I've always done that. I don't bill hours. And that, that talk came from, I was giving a talk to high school kids and they asked what was the one thing that's most important in business. And I said, kindness. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. Like no one was talking about that. Yeah. So I saw that as a problem that needed solved. Interesting. And that's really that's the TED talk. This this talk. I'm, these two talks I'm doing in March are centered around that as well. Um, okay. And that's really where the passion lies. And I and I've looked at it as kindness. You know, in leadership can change the bottom line of a company. There's a lot of things that kindness can impact. It's just how do I position that, and what's the audience I position it to, and what do I charge that? That's really the struggle I'm having. Gotcha. Okay. So a couple questions that come to mind. You mentioned yeah. that in March, you're doing two gigs centered yeah. around that same topic. You mentioned yeah. you just done the TED talk on this. 
So was the TEDx talk the first time that you have done that talk and that presentation? Exactly. Yeah, that, okay. exactly. That was the first time. Yep. Okay. And so the, in March, the two that you're doing, uh, mm-hmm. who are they for? So one is called Speakers Who Dare. It's in New York. It's two women who were used to be TEDx promoters for one of the events, and they started this whole other thing. Okay. So it's a shorter talk. It's an eight-minute talk centered around the same topic. Obviously, the talk will be different. Okay. And then the other one is, it's, I think it's called the Momentum Conference. It's out in San Diego, March 15th, that weekend. One of, one of these guys from this uh, speaker group I was part of, they, they put it on, they asked me if I'd speak at it. So again, the, that one, I'm not getting paid. I'm getting reimbursed for travel expenses, which is great. Yeah. And it's, it's what I'm talking about, that kindness in business. But again, I'm trying to figure out what is that audience and okay. then what do I charge that audience for that? Okay. Gotcha. And so in terms of going forward, this is the message mm-hmm. you'd like to deliver. A couple questions that come to mind. One would be, you've done some work with a couple of different types of groups. You mentioned high school and college and management workshops, and sounds mm-hmm. like none of that was super appealing to you. So who would you like to, this message of radical kindness? Who would you like to be speaking to on this? So honestly, like, I, I love, I love speaking to kids, like the high school and the college kids. Like I love those opportunities. And I look at it, I've seemed to always have this connection with either younger people or younger entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They've always kind of looked at me as this mentor. They, they've listened to me. Even when I went into the room and spoke to the University of Pittsburgh's football team, you know, big yeah. dudes, a hundred of them. And I was talking to them about building their brand and what not to do in the media. Like they listened and connected with me and they were messaging me afterwards. Like, so I feel this connection with those audiences. Yeah. And if that topic makes sense, which I think it does, in those that college, high school, or even those starting entrepreneurs, those people right in the beginning of their career journey, because I think it matters. Even when I did that TED Talk, a lot of people came up to me afterwards, younger people, and said, I needed to hear that. Like, no one's talking about that. I believe that, but no one tells me it's okay to believe that. Right. So you'd rather do something more with college and or younger Versus doing something, because it sounds like what you were describing earlier of this topic mm-hmm. of radical kindness, especially as it relates to the, you know, the TEDx presentation you just gave is more mm-hmm. from a, a business sector. So is it, would you rather go more upstream with that or rather go more with students who are preparing for business? Yeah, that, that's the tough question, right? Because it's, I think it's needed in both sides. You know, yeah. I work with a lot of businesses and I see that people just don't get the power of kindness. So I'm like, okay, I, I know there's a market for that. Right. But then I also like, I look at the impact I can make, you know, I have three kids. So I look at the impact I can make, I think is a lot bigger with the younger generation. Like yeah. if I can position these people for success in their life, like that's the way I look at it. Yeah. So, so you've got gravitate more there. You've got the typical speaker's dilemma of I got a message that could work for this audience or that <laughs> audience or that audience or that audience. So that's not, that's not uncommon at all. So okay, what, do you, what do you think I would tell you in this situation? Pick one of the audiences. <laughs> yeah, We've got to pick something to roll with, right? <laughs> because it's the, like one of the things that you know, you've heard us talk about is you want to be the, the, the analogy we like to use is you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, right? So yeah, exactly. meaning that if like this coming weekend for my time of this recording is my wife and I's anniversary. And so if we want to okay. go out and get a good steak, we're not going to go to some buffet where right. steak is like one of 57 things that they could do, right? right. We want to go to like, we go to the steakhouse. That's the only thing that they do. And they're really, really good. If we want tacos, we don't go there. If we want lasagna, okay. we don't go there. And so the same thing is true as a speaker is it's, is we fall into the trap of man, radical kindness that like, 
that appeals to humans, right? In all <laughs> facets of business, personal life, professionally, like you can, you can easily justify and make a case for any of them. But yep. from a business standpoint, if you try to approach things that way and say, hey, this is a, this is a message for everybody, it's really yeah. a message for no one, right? And so that's where it can become difficult, but it's so necessary to pick a lane that you want to focus on. Now, okay. there's pros and cons with all of them, right? And one of our goals here is not to pick a permanent lane, right? I think sometimes that's where we overthink and overanalyze of like, okay, so if I pick college students, does that mean that I can never, ever, ever speak to high school students or I can never, ever mm -hmm. speak to businesses forever and ever? No, not at all. You're probably not going to speak to the same audience for the rest of your career. But at this point, we're just trying to pick a starting point, right? Just sure. something we can roll with. I'll give you a quick example. So we had a speaker friend, Phil Jones, who was on an episode a while back. And before getting into speaking, Phil was, I'll have to look up the uh, podcast episode that he was on or whoever's listening, look it up, Phil Jones. <laughs> anyway, so before getting into speaking, Phil was involved in like a, a real estate investing company, right? Okay. And so you'll get this, you've got, you've got a little real estate in your background. Mm -hmm. And so he said that they were basically working with high net worth individuals who were interested in investing in, in real estate, but didn't want to mess with it, didn't want to deal mm -hmm. with it. And he said they were doing that for a little while. Business was really, really good. And then they made one little tweak and all of a sudden business exploded. And the only tweak that they made was instead of just focusing on high net worth individuals, they mm -hmm. focused on dentists. That's it. That was the only change that they made. And so wow, they went okay. to dental trade shows and dental association groups and dental you know, conventions and conferences okay. and dental trainings and any type of like dentist things that they could go to, they were mm -hmm. at because they all of a sudden became positioned as the go-to person for dentists. Now, what happened then is it makes it like very, very clear of a dentist is going, that's me. Like you get me, you understand me, you, you know my lingo, you know the inside baseball knowledge, right? So that's the perspective that a dentist has when considering working with them. What would also happen though is these dentists would start working with Phil and this investment group and all of a sudden they were like, this is going really good. Tell you what, I actually have a, a realtor friend or I have a lawyer friend or I have mm -hmm. a doctor friend or I have an orthodontist friend, other high net worth professional service individuals who could really benefit from this. Can I introduce you to them? Of course mm -hmm. you can, right? So in the same way for you, if you say, I'm just going to pick a lane and I'm just going to focus on this. And then you have like all of your outward marketing is focused on that. And then you have a few of these like tangential opportunities that pop up. Is it okay for you to take those? Sure. As long as it's like not too far outside of the, the scope of things. Sure. In the same way that, you know, working with a lawyer or working with a, a dentist on a real estate investing and working with a mm -hmm. lawyer on real estate investing isn't going to be dramatically different. So right. I think in your case, again, same type of challenge is going, he, they could have picked dentists. They could have picked lawyers. They could have picked any number of people who are interested in real estate right. investing, but they just said, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to roll with dentists and just go with that. Right. Okay. So I think, and that comes back to your challenge. Of, yeah. You could go high school, you could go college, you could go in the business sector and there's pros and cons with all of them. So one of the things you want to kind of think through to begin with mm -hmm. is thinking through kind of what your goals are and where it is that you are headed. So for example, sure. And the other thing I would say would be there's a balance between what you're passionate about, what you're interested in, who you want to speak to, and what the market actually cares about, right? Sure, because you say, hey, I, I would love to speak to high school students on radical kindness doesn't necessarily mean that schools are hiring speakers to come in and talk about radical kindness, at least sure. not in the context of preparing for the marketplace or preparing for business, right? So like one idea that came to mind is you mentioned, you know, you've got some experience in the food industry and in the tech industry and real mm -hmm. estate and law, you know, so 
those could be some potential opportunities of what if you picked one of those to work with and just focus there? Like what if you yeah. said, and you don't necessarily have to do this, but let's, let's take your law background, right? You know lawyers, you've been in their world, you speak their yeah. language, you understand the billable hours thing, yeah. you, you just get their, their world, right? So if you said, hey, I, I want to speak to lawyers on how radical kindness can actually become a differentiating factor and how it can actually counterintuitively generate them more business and provide a better mm -hmm. customer experience and oh, yeah. you know something along those lines, again, because that's a world you know, and not yeah. only in terms of being able to speak to lawyers, but even just like the opportunities that exist, like you know the trainings that they're supposed to attend, you know the conferences, mm -hmm. you know the associations, you know the groups, like you could probably come up with, you know, you're in, you're in Pittsburgh, so you probably yeah. know a couple of associations there in Pittsburgh or within Pennsylvania in general at large, yeah four lawyers, you know, the big ones that they attend and like, you know, who the players are that you would need to talk to, to present a workshop there or a keynote there, at least have some understanding of that world versus if you said, man, I want to go speak to veterinarians and I don't know squat about veterinarians or how that works. That's just, that's an uphill battle. So in the yeah. same way, it kind of feels like that a little bit with like speaking to high schools or colleges for you is it's something that you you care about and you want to give back and you want to make an impact in, but it doesn't necessarily seem like it aligns with some of the other parts of your business that you're doing, yeah. you know? So, all right, I've been running my mouth for a minute here. So let me pause for a second. Um, how's all this resonating with you right now? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really giving me a lot to think about because you're 100% right. It could be the buffet, but I don't want it to be like, I want to right. find that one lane. And that's that's been my struggle. And I think my struggle has been where the passion lies. And then I have no idea, like that's the other story. Like, I have no idea what the market dictates. Like, okay. Yeah. I know with high schools, it's always a challenge, at least because there's so many regulations you have to deal with. There's so many loopholes you have to get through. Like I have a lot of friends that are in high school administration and just the loopholes to jump through to get somebody to come into a school and actually get paid to do it True. is hard. And I know you can't hold the attention of kids that long. College is a little bit different. And then lawyers, like I think that's a great idea. The, the only problem I see with that is People don't look at me as a traditional lawyer and lawyers have that, at least in this area, they have that mentality of we're all this way and they don't like those outsiders, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to get people to say, we're going to pay you to come in and tell us to do things differently and it's going to work. Like it's just, yeah. it's just a weird dynamic, but yeah. I do like the idea of like real estate or something like that, like going and talking to real estate agents or things like that, you know, I think could be powerful as well. I just got to really think through but again, I mean, it, you're 100% right. And it's just, I just need to pick that lane. Yeah. And so a couple of things that come to mind, one would be, so inside uh, the elite program, and I, you may have had a chance to do this, is we go through the difference between clarifying your expert positioning and validating your expert positioning, right? Yeah. Meaning that when we're talking about this in the context of, do you think law associations or lawyer groups would hire a speaker to come in and talk about ra radical kindness, right? I, I don't know. You know, it's all, we're all kind of like just, we're kind of making an educated guess, right? Right. And so there, again, like we talked about earlier, there's a difference between what you're passionate about talking about and interested in talking about versus what the market will actually pay for and actually care about, right? So what we're trying to find is what's that overlap between yeah. here's what I'm passionate about talking about and here's what people actually pay speakers to talk about. Then the validating part, as the part where we just do a little bit of market research and we figure out what are the opportunities that exist for like people who are speaking to attorneys already. What are they talking about, right? What are the yeah. keynote speakers? What are they speaking on? Those who are doing consulting or coaching with lawyers, what are they coaching about, right? So that'd be one thing is just doing a little bit of market research to figure out what already exists in the marketplace. The other thing I was going to say was 
one of the things we also talk about is the, the kind of that Trojan horse method of, again, finding that overlap between what you care about and what an organization or group is actually hiring speakers to talk about. So the example I've given before is several years ago, I was doing a lot of speaking in high schools and so had a lot of experience there. And a topic I was personally passionate about was personal finance. And, you know, I, at the time, my wife and I were getting out of debt and, and mm-hmm. cre- creating a budget. I was like, oh, man, if students learn this, this would be awesome, right? And so had a lot of good relationships with schools, had done a lot of speaking with schools, but I could not get a school to hire me to come in and talk about personal finance. And yet 100 out of 100 principals or administrators would tell you that teaching students about personal finance was important, yet it just wasn't something they were hiring speakers to talk about, right? And yet whenever, so when I'd start asking them, okay, what, what is it that you're typically hiring speakers on? One of the things that came up was that oftentimes they would hire speakers to come in and talk about helping students transition to college or life beyond college, you know, real world and just kind of real life skills, right? And so I was like, cool. So we created a a talk around that. And within the context of that, one of the things that we talked about was personal finance, right? So we were able to talk about personal finance, but to put wrapping paper around it that appealed to the principal and the administrator or the person that was making the decision. Like, this is the problem that they want solved. And I'm, I'm going to, and it was, it's not like a bait and switch. It's, here's the problem you want to solve as a school administrator. And here's one of the ways that I'm going to help you solve that is by teaching your students about personal finance. So that's one thing that you would want to think through is mm-hmm. let's say that you decide on, okay, I want to speak to realtors on radical kindness. So realtors probably aren't sitting around going like, man, I just need to, I need to implement some radical kindness in my business. If I do that, like things are just going to take off. Right. It's probably not going to happen, right? <laughs> but what are the things that they are hiring, that realtors are struggling with, that they do have a problem with, that they do, they are hiring speakers to talk about, man, if I could just get more clients, right? Or if I had a, a better system for following up on leads, or if I could get more referrals, right? Yep. And so what you're able to do is speak to the problem that they have of, man, I just want more referrals from the business that I do work with. How do you get more referrals? Radical kindness. If you, have, if you do these things, then it generates this result, right? So you're able to say, hey, I want to you know, teach you the best modern way to generate referrals for realtors. And you do that through radical kindness, right? So again, we've taken the thing yeah. that you want to speak about, but we're positioning it in a way that, that solves the problem that they actually have that they're looking for. Yeah. That makes sense? Makes complete sense. Complete sense. Absolutely. So That's how just, do... I, yeah. I mean, total sense. Yep. So, all right. So talk to me. How's that sit? How's that feel? I know it's overwhelming. Yeah. And like one other thing I would say would be like, I think sometimes it's easy just to overanalyze and overthink it and just like try to process it to all ends, right? Yeah. And so I'm not saying like, hey, dude, you got to make a decision at this moment of who you want to be speaking to and who you want to lock in on. And so like, yeah, you need to be doing some thinking on it. You need to be doing a little yeah. bit of research on it. But at some point, just like make a decision and roll with it. But yeah. then don't feel, again, don't feel like we're not making a permanent life decision. This isn't a tattoo, right? right? So if you say, hey, I'm going to, let's roll with this idea on realtors and mm-hmm. let's try speaking to them for a year or a couple of years. And if you mm-hmm. find, I'm just not getting a lot of traction or I am getting a book a, a lot by realtors, but they want me to talk about this topic instead. Yeah. And I'm able to kind of bring in the radical kindness message coming from this different angle. Like I said, right now, we're kind of making an educated guess until we yeah. go into the marketplace and see how the market responds, right? So how does all that sit? Yeah, I mean, it makes complete sense because I, I look at it, you know, just in other talks I've done, how I've always been able to weave the kindness piece into it. Even when I've done talks on sales and, you know, I did one talk to a group of uh, women entrepreneurs about the art of persuasion and how to read body language. And, and I talked a lot about just 
kindness was woven into that because I was talking about how to be kind to get somebody to open up, to, to be able to read a person, to know how to sit in a room, how to position yourself in different ways. Stuff I've learned over my career and you know, you're taught as a lawyer, like the body language and the nonverbal cues, but I've been able to do that. So yeah, I mean, I just never thought of making the outward message be a little bit different, but being able to weave in the passion. Like that's a great perspective to, to think through now. Right. And so one of the things that, that came to mind there was you don't, so on the, well, like, cause we're talking, you got two sides of the equation. You have the audience yeah. side of who you speak mm-hmm. to, and then you have the topic side of what's the problem that yep. you solve. What do you speak about? And so just like we were talking about earlier on the audience side, you can make a case to go a lot of different directions of different sure. types of audiences. The same thing mm-hmm. is true when you go to the other side on the topic, yeah. meaning that you can't say, I, I could speak about body language, or right. I, I could speak about a nonverbal communication, right. or I could speak about sales, and I could speak about referrals, and I could speak about marketing, and I could speak about all these leadership and all these topics, and it all comes back to radical kindness, right? We don't want to do that. We don't want to make that mistake where, we're, again, we're trying to, where we're trying to speak to a bunch of different topics and go a bunch of different directions, all with yeah. the goal of coming back to radical kindness, right? Again, like I would emphasize those two things of one, we're kind of making an educated guess of we don't know necessarily what's going to stick and what's going to land. And the second thing too is again, this is nothing permanent. We're just picking a a starting point and we're just going to roll with something here. And then we make adjustments and and pivots along the way. So like an illustration of, I like to use is, um, think of it like a, like if you have a DSLR camera, Mm -hmm. like a a traditional lens on it that you're kind of rotating back and forth. And at first you're making like these big turns to the left and to the right, trying to get it in focus. Right. But over time, what happens is in order to get it in focus, you're making very, 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 very subtle adjustments. So at first right now we're making these big turns to the left and right, but then over Mm -hmm. time you're going, okay, I I feel good on lawyers or excuse me, I feel good on realtors or whatever group, you know, I feel good speaking Mm -hmm. to this audience and it resonates with them. I know of a lot of opportunities. And so now I'm going to, okay, this topic on radical kindness going this direction doesn't seem like it's sitting well, but let's try this. Okay. Now I'm going to turn up just a fraction back to the left. Okay. Now, boom. And now all of a sudden we have it focused and dialed in. But at first we're kind of making these big turns just to get something, trying to get something in focus there. Yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. And and that's really what it is. And that's been the struggle. Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel stressed or how, how are you feeling? I'm excited because I'm excited for the opportunities to, totally. to speak and share the message. It, the, the thing that I get not necessarily stressed about, but just confused about is, okay, say I, when I do figure this out, I have no idea what to even charge for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like I know what I've, you know, I've just thrown numbers out in the past and people have paid and it, you know, it hasn't been a ton of money, but I don't know how to figure out, am I undervaluing myself? Like, what is a comparable speaker getting? Like, I don't even know where to look for that stuff. Totally, totally. And did you have a chance to go through our uh, speaker fee calculator? Have you had a chance to mess with that? Yeah, I, I did when I first was part of the program. And it, and it, it came up like four to $7,000, okay. which I was like, that's great. But then I'm thinking to myself, okay, someone's actually going to pay me that to speak, you know, because I know what I've charged in the past. And that's why I don't know. Like, that's the hard part for me. It's like, yeah, it's, can I do that? Right. Okay. So, so for everyone's sake, we have a free speaker fee calculator at myspeakerfee.com. Myspeakerfee.com. You go in there, you answer a couple questions and it will tell you just kind of a ballpark number. There's no exact science to it of how much you should charge. And so my guess would be you put that in, it comes back with some numbers at you. And it sounds like the, the first thing that's running through your head is just kind of this limiting belief of like, whoa, who the heck is going to pay me to that, that to speak? That's, a, that's absurd. Yeah. That's crazy. My yeah. guess would be you probably felt similar 
whenever you went into law school of like, wait, lawyers can bill how much per hour? Nobody's going to pay me that. That's ridiculous. And outsiders like myself feel that way. I'm just like, lawyers get paid what to do what? That's ridiculous. You know, but now like, you know, like, you know, being on the other side of it, that it's a mindset thing that that builds over time of just like, listen, I get it. This, what we charge as lawyers, what we charge as speakers is absurd. Totally get that. But that's the going rate. That's the value that we bring to the table. That's how we can help implement change. And so it's, that's actually, you're getting a steal that we're only charging X, right? So what I hear from you initially there is just kind of that mindset of just like, you know, I've been paid a little bit here and there, but the idea of charging several thousand or even a few thousand just seems crazy. It seems ludicrous, right? But again, look at it from the perspective of, let's say that you spoke to 50 realtors, right? Mm -hmm. And that you talk them through how to generate more referrals or how to generate more business or how to close more business. Mm -hmm. And you helped all of those 50 realtors. Uh, Let's say, let's say you even helped half of them. You helped 25 realtors close one deal within the next six months, right? That's all. And that's like bare minimum of one deal from half of the audience over the next six months. And that commission for each of them is worth a few thousand dollars. So we're talking like, you know, you presented, let's say uh, just for round numbers, let's say you, you presented 50 to $100,000 worth of value to that audience yeah. and they paid you two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000. Just, yeah. That's a no brainer, right? That's right. a huge, yeah. that's a huge yeah. deal, right? Especially when you're looking at it from the, like a quantifiable perspective like that with, where there's a dollar amount associated with it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of just then like where you begin to charge. So one of the things that to be aware of is like when you are speaking is that there are well, a couple of thoughts. One would be that recognize other ways to get value beyond just you got a check or you didn't get a check. I think this is where a lot of speakers get hung up of I went, I didn't, I spoke and it went awesome and I didn't get a check. Right. And sometimes we're like, Oh man, that sucks. Or that doesn't count or it's a free gift or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can actually use that to, let's say that you go to this thing in New York in a couple of weeks and you speak and you end up booking one or two events out of that. Right. Or let's say that you, you know, you pick up a client who hires you as a, as a lawyer or hires you as a consultant or a coach. And that's worth a few thousand. And all of a sudden, like you start doing the math and like, man, I got, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth yeah. of a business in other ways that looks in other forms from that. Was that a free event? No, actually I got paid really, really well. It just came, yeah. it didn't come in the form of a check today, right? So that's something to to be aware of when you are, yeah, are speaking at certain events. But the other thing I was gonna say was like once you're really, really clear on who you're speaking to and you you start to like niche down a little bit more, let's go back to the steakhouse versus buffet analogy. Yeah. If I want a steak, which place is gonna charge more? The steakhouse or the buffet? Exactly. Right. And partly because it's uh, in large part, because it's just going to be a a better steak. It's probably going to be a much, much better, different experience. So in the Mm -hmm. same way of saying like, Hey, I'm a generalist who speaks to any audience versus like, all I do is I help realtors get more referrals and that's it. Now, all of a sudden it positions you as more of an authority to this very specific audience. And if you're able to help them get results, then there's, there's certainly a, a premium for that. Now, the other thing I was going to say was in terms of, of charging fees is some of this is going to depend on who you're speaking to, meaning sure. that if you're speaking in a, a conference setting, typically keynotes are paid and workshop presenters aren't typically, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Not always the case, but sometimes. So you want to make sure that your message can be presented as a, as a keynote, that you're going to be okay. teaching the audience how to do this. And it has kind of a, a broad appeal to it. And, and I think with a, a message like, you know, radical kindness that you could certainly do that versus it being like a mm-hmm. really niche kind of subset type of topic that is only applicable and relevant to a, a small percentage of the audience. So yeah. that would be one thing to, to be thinking about. 
The other thing would be, again, is because you've got a little bit of experience with real estate and realtors in that world is I'd start trying to figure out like just, just starting with your own state, just looking within, within Pittsburgh and looking within Pennsylvania in general and thinking through and kind of researching what are the real estate opportunities that exist? What are the realtor conferences or conventions that exist? Mm-hmm. You're in that world. So you probably know some of them already. You're probably connected with some other realtors who could say, yeah. Hey, here's the thing that we, everybody goes to this state conference every year or this state convention okay. every year, or here's some type of, you know, within our, this brokerage office, every quarter we bring in a speaker for some type of either a lunch and learn or training or something. So you can start doing a little bit of homework just to figure out what are the opportunities that, that actually exist. And so the final thought I would give you would be that there's going to be some free opportunities that are totally worth it, that all the like decision makers are going to be there. The right people are going to be there. Possibilities for spinoff repeat business is going to be there. But the other thing I was going to say is two things. One would be like, especially early on when you're trying to get momentum, like there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with like doing more talks just to, to get better, to get that practice, yeah. to get those reps oh, in. Yeah. But also like one of your best marketing tools is, is people seeing you live. So if you show yeah. up and kill it and people are like, that was amazing. Can you come to my brokerage and, and do that? I yeah. have you know, 50 agents and that would be amazing yeah. if you could come give that same presentation. So doing some of those strategic ones for free may yeah. make total sense. Uh, the other yeah. thing I was going to say though was one of the hardest things for a speaker to do is mm-hmm. to walk away from a gig because you're just passionate about speaking. You love speaking. Like if you were independently wealthy, you'd do this for free just because you love it. Right. You, 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 like you care about people. You're a great dude. Yeah. And so you, you want to do more of this. And so yeah. when opportunities come in, I had one yesterday. I got an email from someone who asked me to come speak and they had a really small budget. And there would have been a time I'd be like, yep, I don't care what your budget is. I, gotta, I wanna do it. I yeah. wanna practice. Uh, you know, right. I'll, if you're gonna pay me a Subway sandwich, I'll make it work. But then there comes a point where you're just like, I can't do that. Yeah. And it's hard to say no and it's hard to to walk away from it. And so walk away from a gig that was paying nothing substantial, but they were paying something. And probably the yeah. same thing is true for you like when you started building your law practice. You're taking a lot of things early on just to get some reps, yeah. to get your name out there, get things going. But over time you build some of that momentum and some of those same clients you wouldn't be able to work with today. Not because you're a bad person and not because they're they did anything wrong, but just like I I'm running a business here and I have to eat and live yeah. indoors. And so that means I have to say no to certain opportunities, even if they're great opportunities, I can't say yes to everything. So taking some of those opportunities early on, but at the same time, learning to make that transition to being comfortable saying no and, and walking away from those. Yeah, it's a good advice. That's yeah. Cause I mean, I've, uh, the ones I've taken, I think are, are like you said, they're those ones that I think could lead to bigger things. Yeah. That's kind of how most of the stuff I've done has all, really been centered around entrepreneurs and, and business and just kind of the markets I play. And so I've never looked at something that was an outlier. Yeah. It, that doesn't make sense for me to do like, I'm, you know, I, my one good friend asked me, I'm doing a keynote at his middle school at the end of, they had like this career day. So it revolves around entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. building, you know, businesses and it's a keynote, but I didn't charge him for it because it was just, it was my way of giving back. I mean, yeah. They would have paid, but that was one of those things. So I agree that there's, there's going to come a point in time where it just won't make sense anymore. Yeah. How are you feeling? Are you feeling overwhelmed or stressed or energized yeah. or how are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, energized and, and overwhelmed. Like stress, I usually don't let get to me because if this was my only thing, like I had to, sure. I had to speak to put bread on the table, different feeling like this is, sure. I'm passionate about it and I want it to be part of what I do. But it's not like I need the speaking to feed my family. I want to. Yeah. That's why I want to do it right. 
make sure that's why I'm kind of going through this process, figuring all this stuff out because I'm really passionate about what I talk about. And I think there's a problem out there in the business world and in the kids coming up, people don't understand how kindness can open doors in life. Yeah. Like how it just, it operates in the background. People don't get this and it's, you know, a, a principle of my life. And I think there's that problem out there. So I'm excited. It's definitely overwhelming trying to figure out everything, but I like the challenge. Yeah. So tell me now, as we kind of wrap things up here, yeah. what are your next steps? Where are you going to go from here? So I'm going to do some research and, and figure out like what is out there, like what people are speaking about in a couple of those industries we talked about. I think that's really, that kind of triggered my mind to how I can even frame that talk into, okay, client acquisition through kindness, like mm-hmm. how I can yeah. down and say, okay, I, I can show you how a real estate agent or lawyer whoever, figure out that niche and say, I'm going to teach you how to acquire clients through the practice of kindness. Yeah. But I just want to kind of look and see what's out there, what people are talking about. I mean, you, you gave, given me some unbelievable advice and just got me thinking in a million different ways right now. So I just got to really start narrowing my focus and that's what I know I need to do. Cool. Well, and good thing we recorded this so you can go back and listen to it time and time again. (laughs) And we can be holding you accountable. So uh, into the future, man. So Rocco, man, we appreciate you taking the time to do this and uh, sharing and just being a little bit vulnerable here on uh, where you're at in your business and uh, where you're wanting to go. So we uh, appreciate you letting us take the journey with you. If people want to find out more about you, give a speaking website or even just your law site, if people maybe want to- Yeah, I mean, you can just go to, it's just Rocco- just RoccoCoza.com, R-O-C-C-O-C-O-Z-Z-A.com. You can find out and that speaking's on there, a lot of the other things I do. And that's really separate from my law firm website. I just like to cool. point people there. Awesome. Yeah. Great stuff, awesome. man. We appreciate the time, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it as well, man. There you go. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and coaching call with Rocco. Hey, if you would like to join our elite program or you're interested in at least just more information about it, then I'd encourage you to register and apply for one of our upcoming free strategy sessions where our team can learn more about your business and uh, talk through our plan of exactly how we help speakers find and book speaking gigs. Uh, Lots of good stuff there. So make sure that you uh, stop by and apply for that. You can do that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 230. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.